Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. So Chris Hollifield is the podcast producer of I Am Salt Lake, and you're doing a realtor's podcast as well. Is that correct? Well, I've kind of integrated the two right now. They're they're kind of uh, one, but separate at the same time. Okay, so you're you're running two different Instagrams, but both of them are pertinent to your fields of interest, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, so this is the thing that is most impressive about Chris in my mind, and it's maybe because I'm just completely stunned, but he has been running this podcast, the I Am Salt Lake podcast for nine years. He published his 509th episode. If anyone is familiar with podcasting, I'm new to podcasting and it it really is something that requires a lot of effort. And so I'm just incredibly amazed uh, at Chris for his capacity to keep on going. And now he said to me, like recently he said, it's become a part of me. It's just natural. I want to start at the beginning and have you, do you recall why you started the I Am Salt Lake podcast and how did you even get into this field? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to take you way back. It's been a while since I've shared this story. First of all, thank you for even inviting me on your podcast. This is so awesome. Very rarely do I get an opportunity to sit on the other side, right? And uh, answer questions and you know, help people learn a little bit of my story. But anyways, this goes back to about 2010, 2011, maybe, where I was trying to blog at the time. I was, blogs were really popular at this time. And I wanted to do something, you know, for the community and something for Utah. And so I knew some people that were blogging. And so I tried to blog, but spelling and grammar and all of that really, have never been like the biggest interest of mine. So it hasn't always been the best. I mean, I love to read and I love all that stuff, but just the actual writing part, something I always struggled with. Well, while I was doing this, I had, I knew some people from out of state that told me, well, you should start a podcast. Why don't you do the same idea in a podcast? Well, I didn't really know what a podcast was. And so that opened my eyes and ears to a podcast. Again, this was back, you know, 10 years, you know, well, 11, 12 years ago now. And so I started investigating and then I run into more and more people that were doing podcasts. And so I was like, well, this is cool. What should I do a podcast about? You know, I knew I was writing about the community and stuff like that, but for some reason I didn't, it didn't put two and two together to like do a podcast about the community. Uh, And I was at the downtown farmer's market, actually the down at pioneer park goes every Saturday. I was down there uh, and it hit me where, why don't I interview these like people that are at the downtown farmer's market, find out their story, find out what drives them. Because a lot of people 
that are doing markets like the downtown farmers market, they have day jobs. So it's like, well, what's motivating you to work a nine to five and then coming home and working another five or six hours. And it's just turned into this awesome podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, that, I, does that kind of, that kind of answers your question a little bit. I know I kind of went in a couple other little tangents there, but. Yeah. I feel like uh, when you do something for as long as you have, does it get old or boring for you to podcast? To say it's, I mean, of course it gets old and boring sometimes it has absolutely 100%. If I was to say no, then I'd be lying. Uh, does it happen all the time? No, I, I would say a few times a year it hits me. I'm just like, you know, I'm getting kind of bored of this. And I I try to rack my brain in thinking of new ideas. Uh, and the thing is, is I have a lot of cool ideas. They're just not always the easiest to implement, you know, like how to do it on the show. There are moments where I get bored and tired of it. I just have to figure out a way to spruce it up a little bit. You'll figure it out. You'll run into the same things with this podcast, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I've even, I recently had a new idea and I was like, oh, if I can just implement this idea, it will re-energize me. And thinking about the idea, it re-energized me. So I do feel like those things can really help you to move forward through the slog. Yeah. But it's hard to, like with a podcast, and, and I'm sure you kind of run into the same thing with this podcast where you might have a day job, you might have things that keep you busy during the day. So to some of these new ideas, you just might not have the time to really sit and figure out if it's going to work. Or a lot of times solo podcast episodes are harder to create than an interview podcast, editing that. So it's just a lot of it's just time too. I agree with that. And I am curious about how podcasting has changed the trajectory of your life. Wow. I mean, since it's been part of my life for so long, it's hard to know a hundred percent what would be different and what would be the same, but there's, I mean, my entire life now, I mean, we've talked about that even down to how I met my wife through the podcast. And so if I would have never met my wife, I would have never had my daughter, Lucy. And I, I mean, I would have probably never had kids because I mean, I got divorced when I was 35 and it, I was doing, I am Salt Lake for about a year, a year and a half. So I was doing it for about that time frame, And I was actually going to probably quit it during that divorce and the whole nine years. But I mean, I look at my whole life now and the opportunities that I have, and I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for the podcast. So it's that being the podcast has changed my entire life, really. Yeah. And tell us about how you met your wife through the podcast. My wife, Chrissy, who co-hosts I Am Salt Lake with me now, which hopefully I can even get a little bit into the story of how that happened. Uh, but she used to do stand-up comedy here in Salt Lake City. And during uh, the beginning years of I Am Salt Lake, I would bring a lot of local comedians on the podcast because they were very easy conversations, right? Comedians are great storytellers and they're usually funny. And especially when I started podcasting back in 2012, nobody knew what a podcast was. 
And so I would reach out to people and the only people that would usually say yes were comedians because they knew what a podcast was. Now everybody knows what a podcast is. So it's super easy to get people on a podcast. But uh, so Chrissy was doing stand-up comedy here in Salt Lake. And she was actually, you know, even going out of state to perform. And uh, so I wanted to bring her on. I am Salt Lake to interview her about comedy, but I had this crush on her. Well, let me back up even a little bit. She actually had another podcast she did. So she had her own podcast even before her and I met. And I was just so attracted to that. I was just like, oh my gosh, this girl does a podcast. Nobody even knows what podcasting is. And she does a podcast. I got to date this, this girl just because it's something you have in common. Right. So I was so uh, nervous because I was interested in, in, in her as a person possibly dating her. So I didn't, I was nervous to invite her on the podcast. I know that sounds silly. You would think that would be an easy way to meet somebody, but she knew of me through I am Salt Lake, but she didn't know that I was interested in her, like interested, interested. And uh, we ran into each other actually at a downtown farmer's market and chatted the very first time. And she knew, again, we knew of each other because of the podcast. She knew me because I am Salt Lake. And then I knew her because of comedy. And then, uh, and then Tinder is really what a hundred percent shoved us together. It kind of like, we both did the little, you know, left swipe to like, Oh, let's see if they match back. You know, let's see if they find me attractive too here. And Hey, you know, she thought I was attractive. I thought she was attractive, but, but it was the podcast really that brought us together because she would have never given me the time of day. Otherwise, if it wasn't for this podcast, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. What is one of the most unique experiences? Either lining up a podcast interview or an actual interview. Like, can you think of some? And maybe because you've had so many, that's a big question. Well, yeah. I was going to say that's a tough question. Then, I mean, there's a few I, I would hate to, I don't want to put anybody on blast though. Like, of, of, I mean, there's been strange situations where people, People didn't know. I mean, I can kind of give you a vague answer because I don't want to put anybody on blast, but it's just been interesting through the years of doing a podcast where, I mean, I've had people not really even know what they were doing. They thought they were coming to do one thing and their next thing they know, they're, oh, wait a minute here. We're here to record something. And so, you know, there, there's awkward situations like that where, you're like, well, maybe I didn't communicate well enough, or maybe they, you know, they thought something else was going to happen and that wasn't going to happen. Or, you know, people, you know, some people, the people I feel bad about are, are people that you could tell they're so nervous and you're just like, we're just here to have fun. And it's like, my heart breaks, you know, just cause I'm like, let's just, let's just relax and have fun. And so that's kind of been, you know, through the years of, of doing the show for nine years too, is, is like, um, just getting people to relax. That's been like the funnest thing for me. It's like, it's almost like this challenge, uh, <laughs> for me with the podcast is like, let's see how relaxed I can get this person without having to have them have any drinks of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that. if you've run into that here on this podcast at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting how different people approach an opportunity like this. Yeah. 
I feel like people approach it very differently. And it's also interesting to see how that goes, depending on how they approach it. For example, some people are very scrupulous. So they want to write down everything. They want to write out all their answers. And some people are like, oh, I just want it to come organically. I just want the conversation to evolve and for us to just kind of meld whatever knowledge, you know, together. And then there's others who I feel like they just take little short notes on things. They need something to remind their, you know, or give them a memory or if they want to be specific that they've taken note on that. And so I actually think that that's by far, I feel like the one that's created the most natural conversations, but where people are still specific about experiences they've had and things like that. So it's just been interesting to watch. And how, how long have you been doing this podcast? Remind me when, how long you started. I'm only, this I just published my 22nd. So, I'm so only yeah, 22. So yeah, you're, but, but you have a decent handful. You've, you've got to chat with a few dozen people. And so I've, I'm sure you've learned a lot in those couple dozen uh, interviews. The learning curve is great at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. What's, what's been the most, uh, well, just look at this. I was about ready to take over your podcast. I know. I was like, he's about to ask me a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I've had, it, it's interesting. Like I remember when, uh, uh, back a couple years into doing, I am Salt Lake and somebody actually did that to me where they turned around and started asking me the questions. And it was like, they're like, Hey, we came, we're, we're going to turn this show around. They pulled out these like index cards with these questions all ready to go. I mean, talk about a, a show that took a, a sideways turn and uh, they, I mean, they had some good questions ready for me. And I was like, I kind of like this. This is kind of fun. Well, it's fun uh, to think about those answers. Well, it's fun to think about the answers, but, but then I realized it was fun as a listener. Uh, and that's where, you know, we've done a, a handful of, of episodes where I get interviewed or I'll interview Chrissy or, uh, well, actually this goes back to even, even we were asking about dating Chrissy. The first time Chrissy was on the podcast, her and I were actually dating, but we didn't tell anybody yet. So we had to record that episode and act like we weren't dating. It was the, it was the hardest episode to record. Uh, but, but I had friends that sent me text messages afterwards and they're like, you guys are dating, aren't you? You could tell in the interview, but you can tell that there's like chemistry yeah, between yeah, the two people. Yeah. I, it's interesting to me because you can hear. I'm looking at your t-shirt and it says here. And uh, that makes me think about what have you learned from listening to other people and asking good questions? Mm, wow. What have I learned from listening to other people? Probably that there's the, a lot of good answers are kind of in between the lines. If you listen and if you listen hard enough, maybe not hard enough, but if you listen in, intently enough, then you kind of can get lined up for the next question without even really a hundred percent realizing it. And a lot of times you could throw your guest off and next thing you know, the two of you are just chatting and they feel like it's just the two of you. They're opening up their heart and soul to you. They're crying. And all of a sudden you just have the most intimate conversation. You can get more out of somebody if you really listen to them instead of, you know, a lot of times people come with this set of 10 questions thinking they got to hit all 10 questions. But if you listen, maybe the first question, 
you might have a completely different podcast episode than you ever thought you would have when you came into it. So you can't be prepared ever for a conversation. You just have to go in with a, with an open heart and an open ears, really, and, and say, hey, I, I'm here to learn about this person. J- just like you said at the beginning here, Tracy, where you know, you're learning about me. So if you go in with a, a certain idea of how you want the show to, to go, it's probably not going to go that way. So you're going to get like super bummed out. Yeah, it's interesting. Does that make how, sense? Yeah, I feel like that actually reminds me of expectations. Expect, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how how significant actually the expectations are for how we feel about things. Like, oh, that didn't go the way I thought it would go, and I'm disappointed, or it didn't go the way I, I expected it to go, and I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, because you learn something new. You learn something new about the person. You learn something new about yourself. Maybe even just learn something new about podcasting, really. Absolutely. And I'm curious, do you feel like there's a difference between hearing versus listening? Oh, wow. Oh, there's absolutely a difference. Listening, I think, you're feeling as well. You're really part of the conversation. Like right now, if I would say listening to you versus just hearing you, like I'm I'm sitting here at my my whole body's part of it, right? Like I'm, I'm, I could, I could, it's like I'm hearing it through my skin almost. It's hard to explain, but if you're just hearing something, you know, you can hear something. I, you know, I, I would imagine if like you're at a football game or something like that and you just hear over the loudspeaker, like there's no emotion there. There's no feelings there. You're just hearing this person talking. You're just, you know, I was going to say listening to the here, but you're not. I mean, you and I have a, are, are creating a, a different type of situation, but it's still through audio. It's still through voices, but it's just under different circumstances and different emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like listening is active. Yeah. And hearing is passive. Yeah. And that's because of what you said. I was like, yeah, that's how I hear. Yeah. Or that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing or what I'm, you know, from you, which is kind of interesting because that's a little different, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I am curious about, do you have an episode besides, I mean, cause you already talked about the episode with your wife, Christy, mm-hmm. and how you guys were, you know, putting up, like you had already started a date and then you did the episode. But I'm curious about another or an episode that you um, felt like really did change your perspective or was maybe life altering for you in some form based on something the interviewee said. You know, I I know I've chatted with people that have uh, been impactful. I mean, I remember feeling... uh, certain, you know, certain emotions after their interview, I couldn't tell you what was said or what was necessarily talked about. There was a, a, a lady, uh, Lynn Christian, it's either Christian or Christian sin. I want to say it's Lynn Christian. She is, uh, that was a remarkable. Like, I, I can't remember, you know, things we talked about per se, but I just remember it being a really impactful conversation. She runs a uh, organization, Soul Salt or Soul, yes, where she she actually coaches people. So she's 
really good with people. So, I mean, I remember just being like afterwards, man, I want to hire you to help change my life. Yeah. It's but, amazing how much I guess is nonverbal too. Yeah. What people say and how yeah. you feel when you're connecting with them. Well, and, and you got to remember, I mean, that was probably five years ago that I chatted with her. So, you know, and, and when you're chatting with a couple people each week, you know, it's like, it's hard to remember all the conversations. Do you have any tips for somebody who's just in a social situation? Do you have any questions that you feel like have helped you to have better conversations, like from the podcast or whatever that you've learned has been like a, a really solid question to ask other people? You know what a really interesting uh, question to ask somebody is? I know this is, you, you might not ask this in every situation, but I love asking this to people is, uh, what did your childhood smell like? And it throws people off a little bit. Um, you know, wait, what, what, you know, what did she just say? My, what did my childhood smell like? Uh, you can kind of tell a lot about people by the way they answer that question. If people, you know, uh, you know, get more descriptive and more, you know, have more fun with the question versus people that are like, well, I don't, you know, they, like they just have a hard time answering the question. You can just kind of tell personality types. Um, I think, you know, so I, I personally think questions like that, bring out more interesting conversations out of people versus like, so what do you do for work? Like, Absolutely. Who who really cares what people do for work? I mean, at least I don't, that doesn't. So I, I guess sometimes it could, it could steer for a good conversation, but yeah. I, I think if you, if you ask more questions that are, are a little offbeat, like what did your childhood smell like? You're going to get a much more interesting answer. Can you answer that for us? What did my childhood smell like? Yes. It smelled like the ocean air and uh, goats and chickens. Tell us more about that. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Ventura, California, but I grew, so <laughs> I grew up literally right along the beach. Like, I mean, I could see the ocean from my house. However, my mom, my mom grew up on a farm in Minnesota. So she thought she could bring this farm to California. And we, I mean, as, as a child, we raised goats and chickens and ducks and geese and, and uh, what else did we have? I mean, we had, uh, like a mini farm, you know, chickens for the eggs and, uh, gosh, it, it was fun, but also kind of, I don't know. It was, it was just a bizarre, <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in Ventura, California. That's unique. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I had a unique childhood. I was, uh, I was homeschooled my entire life. Uh, however, I grew up in the city. My mom, uh, my mom just kind of had this very, uh, unique wanted to shelter uh my brother and, and and myself and my brother and i we were just like well, we're not really gonna put up with this you know we're gonna kind of as we got a little older and teenagers we we're just kind of like well we're gonna kind of go do our own thing um but yeah i had a very unique childhood what do you feel like you are grateful for now about your childhood 
I, I think the thing I'm grateful for the most is that my mom um, kind of helped. I grew up in this kind of entrepreneur household where it was like, you can any, you know, do anything you want. You can have any job you want. You just have to, you know, create it really. Like it was like, create, be your own boss. Don't, don't go work for somebody else. Don't go. Um, yeah, don't, don't just work for, you know, $10 an hour, go, you know, the sky is the limit. So my mom kind of, uh, you know, implemented that in my brother and I. And so I'm very grateful for, for that. Cause you know, ever my entire life, uh, I mean, I've had normal jobs, but I've also had jobs that aren't so normal. And those are the jobs that I've always thrived in. And I do believe that it's because of the way I grew up and the way my mom taught me to think for myself and to, uh, you know, not be afraid to, you know, leap and see where you land. You know, you might not always land on your feet, but at least you leaped, right? Yeah. How did you end up in Salt Lake? Uh, my So my mom moved to Utah when I was 15. And uh, being a 15-year-old, I, I moved with her. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was my, my brother, my older brother, and I, my, I have a younger sister. We moved to Provo and, uh, cause my mom was building a house out in, um, do you, do you know where Mount Pleasant is Mount Manti and Mount Pleasant? I have been there before. Yeah. yeah. So, so my mom was, there was like a commune that was being, <laughs> that was being organized out there. And my mom was building this house that was going to be in this commune. And uh, it, it, my, my brother and I, we didn't, we're like, no, we don't want to live in the country. We're, you know, we, we wanted to be around people in the city and blah, blah, blah. And so she ended up staying in Provo. And I just kind of migrated to Salt Lake as I got a little older. What was so, that like for you to come to Salt Lake City after being in Ventura, California? I can't imagine that wasn't a cultural shift. Um, was it was and it wasn't. I mean, at 15 years old, I was, I mean, I grew up right on the beach, but I, I didn't, I was just kind of trying to do the surfing and the boogie boarding and the ocean stuff. I really wasn't a beach person, but at 15, I had friends that were, you know, they were getting their driver's licenses and they were kind of getting into that stuff. So I was kind of like, okay, let's try it out. But like I said, at that same time, my mom was like, well, let's move to Utah. And of course, like, I'm like, okay, this, this could be fun and exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty adventurous guy and I like to try new things and I like to, you know, experience new things. So it, from my memory serving me, you know, again, this is quite a few years ago, but I was excited. And so it was, um, it was something new. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, 15, I mean, that was, I mean, Utah was a much different place than 30 years ago, right? What is that? 15? Yeah. About, about 30 years ago. Uh, but I, I don't really remember it being a complete like culture shock at my, you know, at 15 per right. se, just because, I still met, you know, I was into skateboarding and punk rock music and stuff. And, and I met kids that were into that. So it wasn't really, 
Yeah. Yeah. You found your people. Yeah. I found my people. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there was some hard moments, you know, there's always hard right. moments for adjusting, but I don't remember it being horrible. Right. And for your own daughter, Lucy, what's uh-huh. something that you're trying to, or like something that you want her, what kind of life do you want Lucy to have or something that you want her to look at you and see like, Oh, my dad did that. I can do that too. I want her to not be afraid to be herself. I see so often, especially uh, as I've, Uh, gotten older. And I see, you know, I talk to other people that are in my same age group and just even down to uh, having to say a tattoo or something like that, where it's like, they just feel like they can't get a tattoo. And it's like, gosh, you guys only live once here, you know, like go get a tattoo. So I want to, I want Lucy to be able to be herself and not be afraid of worrying about being judged. Right. Mm -hmm. I think so often uh, we're also, and I mean, it's something we all struggle with. I'm not perfect either, but I, 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 it's something that I've really worked hard on um, just kind of learning to do my own thing. So I want that to be something that's uh, something that's important to her too. And I'm curious about, this is kind of shifting back to the conversation about podcasting, but if someone wanted to start a podcast what would you recommend or would, or warn them about? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could, I could record a whole separate podcast just on this, but uh, the, well, the first thing I would warn, let's do a warn and a rec- recommend. So warn the biggest thing I would warn somebody about is to podcast about something that you genuinely want to podcast. Don't just do something because you think that it's, it's going to be cool. So, Cause after doing something for like five or six weeks, you're going to be like, wait a minute, why did I start a podcast about that? So, so I would warn somebody to really, you know, study research, figure out if that's really a topic you want to podcast about. And as far as recommending, I, I mean, I think nowadays it's so easy. There, there's no excuses to not start a podcast. Uh, when I started a podcast, there really wasn't the resources that are today. So, I mean, a lot of people would start looking into it and just not know where to go or, or, or what to get. And so a lot of people would never start, but nowadays you have no reason not to start, but the, I mean, I would get something like the zoom H4N and just start podcasting, (laughs) just start doing it and, and get better as you do it and and, uh, learn as you go. Learn by doing. And here's the thing, start a podcast. And if you, if you get bored of that topic after 10 episodes, then start another podcast. Don't, don't keep doing it just because you felt like you started that one and you got to keep doing it. But I mean, when I started, I am Salt Lake, that was never supposed to be a podcast that I did very long. That was supposed to be my, my introductory podcast, my learning podcast, my throwaway podcast. And it just kind of turned into this uh, continual thing where it's become part of my life and where it's become like the highlight of my week. It's like, wow, I get to have a conversation with somebody. I get to learn about somebody else. I get to find out what their favorite uh, movie is or, or what motivates them or um, what they can recommend to the next, you know, entrepreneur, the next small business that might be looking up to them for advice. Because we, you know, we don't realize this. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, you you know, I know how it is with the Utah Podcast Coalition where, you know, you guys will be like, Chris, tell us 
all this stuff. And I'm just over here like, I don't know. I've just been doing it for nine years, but I know how it is. So that's how I look at I Am Salt Lake podcast. It's like, you know, uh, the food truck owners want to look to the advice of the older food truck owners and the bookstore owners want to go to the advice of the other bookstore owners and the musicians and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, you, we just got to be there for each other. <laughs> Absolutely. What have you learned about um, community as a result of all these people within your community that you've been able to bring on who are building businesses? I, I learned that Salt Lake's a lot smaller than we realized. No, it really is. Uh, so not only is Salt Lake small, but I mean, you could really say that about any city when it comes to the small business owner community, it's a lot smaller than you realize. Um, and so I mean, you can, with it being small like that, there's a, there's a lot of things you have to keep in mind. First of all, be nice to everybody, right? Because you don't want to burn any bridges because you never know when you might have to cross over that bridge again. And second, and as the small business owners, if everybody looked after each other and scratched each other's back, I think everybody would go a lot further, right? Like, uh, you know, so whether that's supporting each other or recommending each other or, you know, just what whatever they could do to scratch each other on the back. I think if people realize that goes a lot further than people realize. Yeah. Generosity. Yeah. In our behaviors are just, it means a lot. Yeah. I mean, we, I guess I also feel like even the podcast coalition, when we like blasted social media kind of last month, I was just so touched. It was like so touching for me to just see one another supporting each other. Like these people all want me to succeed and I want them to succeed. Right. That just like creates a really beautiful feeling. Well, uh, okay. Imagine if more small business owners did that for each other, people would have to spend less money on advertising. And it really wouldn't even be that hard for these small business owners to do that. Cause look at how easy it was for, you know, those of us that shared about the podcast coalition, just hit that share button, you know, or, or, or however, you know, it's, it's usually really easy to do. Right. And if more people did that, it would be a, that would be a pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, think about for me, I'm hugely influenced by yeah. recommendations. I'm hugely influenced by somebody like a friend who says, oh my goodness, have you tried X, Y, Z? And I love telling people like, these are my local recommendations for food and places to get your... So I'm curious, can you give us any recommendations? Recommendations for... For food. Uh, for food, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of yummy food that you can get. And I mean, that's so that's one of our favorite questions we ask everybody on the podcast is, you know, what are some of your favorite local eating spots? And, uh, you know, one of my all-time favorites, and it's been around for a very long time, is Red Iguana. I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, some of the best Mexican food, right, in, in Salt Lake City. But, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of there's, there's a really good place. It's Gateway Hall Pass. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's just no, like I've kind of cafeteria of food uh, down at the Gateway. Have you been to Lone Star Taqueria? Oh yeah, well yeah. Oh god, I, and we've um, we interview. I want to say we interviewed the owners. Yeah, great tacos there. 
Great yeah, taco. I love it. Great tacos. Lone Star Taqueria. My mind is just blank. You got me on the spot with the. With I know. The, with the I feel like those things. It's like it's spots. all gonna flood in. It's gonna go. No, 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 no. You know, and I always feel like I need to give these these uh, uh, crazier uh, recommendations, but it's like I got my favorite places. You I know. know. I need. To, I need go to. to. I need to get uh, better and and venture into. There's well, there's the uh, lucky. So, have you been to Lucky Thirteen? They're I've never be, been there. Okay, okay well, there's a well, they, okay, there's a recommendation for you. You got to go to Lucky Thirteen. They're right, thirteen hundred South, and right by the ballpark downtown. But they have another location that he opened. I guess they've been there a couple of years now. It's uh, closer to me now, closer to uh, the West Valley City area. Jordan Landing, uh, Iron Iron Gate, or something like that. It's these burgers. Yeah. Lucky 13. You got to go there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I feel like I'm sitting here thinking of my own recommendations. I'm like, yeah. everybody, have you been to Handel's ice cream? I haven't. No, no. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have like, I highly recommend Handel's ice cream. It's one of the best ice creams. I feel like in the state, they have like chunks of things in their ice cream. I love when things have like chunks of things. So Handel's ice cream, that's my recommendation as well. <laughs> There's these places uh, down in Provo. I haven't found any in Salt Lake, but they they mix pot like a piece of a pie, and they put it in the ice cream. There was a place called like years ago Sammy's Pies Shakes or something like that down in Provo. Are there any other additional businesses in Salt Lake City that you feel like wow that is such a great idea or a great business? I wish more people knew about that. Well, I, I'm all. Do you care if I actually share uh, the most recent episode that I did? Uh, and that's just because it's top of mind. I interviewed a guy by the name of Rob Adams, and he started a nonprofit called Thanksgiving Heroes. And I would love to see more people involved with this. So what it is, is he's out to uh, feed families in need a Thanksgiving dinner, right? And he's feeding uh, tens of thousands of families and delivering you know these meals to them the saturday before thanksgiving like you said it's about 60 70 pounds of food uh that he delivers to these families need and and i'm chrissy and i are going to go uh obviously volunteer this year and hopefully it continues to be a, a yearly thing he's been doing it for seven years and i'm just like you know how have i not really known about this and uh, so i mean i would i wish more people in in salt lake and in, in utah and uh, he's actually expanded to other cities uh, in other states. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I would love for more people to find out about Thanksgiving Heroes and get involved. That's amazing. That. Yeah. I just love the good people do. So many yeah. people do amazing things. Have you ever managed to gain a challenging healthy habit or break an unhealthy habit? And if so, how did you do it? <laughs> have have I ever managed to break an unhealthy habit? Th that was a question, right? Yeah. 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 Well, so, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people that are involved in my life don't know this side of me, but I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, a heavy, heavy smoker uh, for gosh, 15 years. And so, yeah, that was probably the hardest habit to break. And I mean, that was through many, many challenges and obstacles of, of many times attempting to quit and in different ways to quit. But that was probably the hardest habit I've had to break. And you did it. I, well, yeah, I did. I don't smoke anymore. 
Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, three, three pack, I mean, three packs a day here. That's crazy. And that's not even exaggeration. That's just, I mean, I was constantly lighting a cigarette up. I was a chimney. How did you finally break it? Realizing that I was getting older and uh, actually <laughs> having a kid too. Realizing that you didn't want to be an unhealthy father. Yeah, I mean, that will really put the fire under your butt and, and, and have you quit. Yeah. What has Lucy also added to your life as a result of her presence? I mean, happiness, joy, love. I mean, to really, I mean, you really truly know, you don't know what love is until you have a kid, I think, really. I mean, the, you can love a significant other and you could love, you know, your husbands, your wives, boyfriends, but until you got a kid, that's a, that is a love you do not know. Just being able to, be a little bit of a kid again is kind of nice too, right? Through having a kid, patience. I definitely, well, I can learn a lot. Of, I, mean, I need to get a lot more patience, but she's taught me a lot about patience and uh, how to be a listener, right? How to how to listen to, because uh, believe it or not, four-year-olds have a decent amount of problems that they want to tell you about. <laughs> wow. I guess but, we're all humans, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're all human. We're all human. And that's, that's, that's the interesting thing about all of this is we're all human, but we all have different sets of problems, right? Yeah. Will you give us a book recommendation? Something that you would recommend our readers? I mean, our listeners read. Yeah. So there's a book. Uh, it's one of the recent books. I, I, I love to read whether it's actually physically holding a book, audio books, uh, Kindle, Nook books, whatever. My all-time favorite is is an actual physical book. There's something about touching the pages and the smell and just writing on the pages, whatever. Anyway, so there's this fantastic book called The One Thing. Uh, it's written by uh, a guy, gentleman by the name of Gary Keller, who actually went on to um, start a brokerage that I that actually I'm I'm a realtor at Keller Williams. So the one thing it basically talks about how um, figure out what your one thing is. You know, you don't. A lot of times, people make uh, things so big they feel like they have to do so much. But a lot of times, you just got to do one thing, and it eliminates everything else. And, that book is uh, amazing. Have you read it? I've read it. It's okay. A, okay. So it's you've an read amazing. Like I would put that in my. For sure, top 10. Do you know that they do a podcast too? No. Yeah, so it's called The One Thing. I just actually, I didn't even know that they did a podcast. And I happened to actually stumble upon the podcast recently. And uh, I mean, it's the same. It's, it's you know, they, they bring up the book a lot and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, so listen to the podcast. If you love the book, the, the podcast is great too. Oh, that's fabulous. I That book I need to reread that book right now. I feel like that's a, yeah. that's a good reminder about that book. That book was so powerful. Wow. Yeah. 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 I actually just had this memory from <laughs> one of our conversations that we've had at the coalition this last time. And you specifically said to me, cause we were talking about how with podcasting specifically <laughs> that there is a monetization or there's a monetization aspect of this, that you can monetize things, but also you can look at your downloads and think like, Oh, I, 
wow, I got a lot of downloads on this one, but I didn't on this one. And what happened? And what was the differences? And why did this one get this attention and this one didn't or whatever? And you can kind of get bogged down by that. But I found your interest, your answer interesting because I asked you, what have you learned about what is actually like the most downloaded episodes? And do you remember what you said to me? Uh, well, I said it's usually people that uh, aren't in the spotlights. Maybe they're a little less famous. They're uh, not as well known. So people tend to uh, be a little more attracted to wanting to listen to those because they're like, oh, well, you know, I already, you know, if a famous musician, you know, Justin Timberlake or Madonna or whatever, you know, you might, you know, they've probably been on thousands of podcasts. But hey, when it comes to Chris Hollifield, right, you know, Got to listen to my episodes because I've only been on a couple, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved that because yeah. I had seen that happen and roll out in my own podcast. Just seeing people be like, oh, I'm so excited to listen to this. So, so you saw it firsthand, which is amazing because a lot of times I feel like I give recommendations or thoughts about podcasting and people just look at me like, what are you talking about? You know, because especially that one, because most people would think, hey, find the most famous person in the room and they're going to get the most downloads. That's not always the case. Yeah. Fascinating. And that, that same week I had posted one and my friend, she didn't really, she doesn't post on social media almost ever, but like people were just so excited to yeah. see that she had been on the podcast. So that's very exciting. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're Thank so you. amazing. And I feel like <laughs> even though you don't know it, your superpower is the fact that you've been consistent, you stayed with this and you've just continued to enrich the community through the, the work you're doing. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for, uh, for your kind words and for inviting me on your podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not subscribed, go subscribe because that's really important. And how can we contact you? Oh, to contact me? Well, uh, I am saltlake.com. Head on over to the website. You can find the, the podcast there. Contact just Chris at IamSaltLake.com. That's the email. Uh, Instagram, I am Salt Lake, and uh, Facebook, I am Salt Lake. I am Salt Lake Community. We got a Facebook group. And uh, yeah, we just like to have fun on I am Salt Lake. So fun. And also, will you tell us about your, your realtor? Uh, yeah. Pictures? So, you know, uh, as, as I've, been doing the podcast for nine years. Uh, one of the things that I've realized is that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't really necessarily ever be able to, uh, uh, you know, make like the best wages in the world. So I was like, well, what job would be really good to do with doing a podcast about Salt Lake City? And uh I just like, I should sell real estate. I should sell homes to the people that listen to my podcast. Right. And uh, cause people started emailing me and they're like, Hey, I'm moving to Salt Lake. You know, uh, I found the podcast and uh, I decided I'm moving to Salt Lake cause I'm listening to your podcast. And so that was really powerful. And I was like, man, shoot, I should sell these people homes. So it just kind of made sense. Right. Cause I'm like, I want to be able to provide for my family and I want to be able to do cool things for Salt Lake city. And so it made sense to be a realtor. That's amazing. People have moved to this city because of your podcast. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I get people, they would message me 
I mean, this, this only probably happened like five or six times. So it's not, you know, when I act like it's happened hundreds of times, but they'll be like, you know, I'm up for a job transfer. And I just wanted to tell you that I chose Salt Lake city because I listened to a few dozen episodes of I am Salt Lake. And I felt, felt like I, I you know, these are people are my best friends now. And uh, I was like, that's so rad. And then they were like, can you connect me with, with a realtor? And I was like, dang it, I should be that realtor. And, <laughs> and so that was kind of one of the, the biggest reasons, you know, uh, you know, and it was, it's such an awesome experience to, to purchase a home, to be a home buyer. And so just to give people that experience, uh, I just thought, well, shoot, I, I want to do that all the time. That is just such a fabulous blend. I can't believe how much podcasting has influenced your life. Yeah, for real, for like real. I mean, my kids my mind. And, 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 and I mean, real estate, I mean, it's, it's great. 